0: Welcome to Chamber Chat, the business solutions podcast designed to help your company thrive. I'm your host, Charles Stannis. A ton of people search online to find the answers to their problems every day. But how is it stored? How do you make sure your business appears over your competitors in the search results? Well, join us as we talk about search engine optimization and how you can use different tactics to increase your company's visibility to generate more leads. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Chamber Chat. Today, we are joined with Solomon Timothy and Evan Lee from OneIMS. Welcome, guys.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for having us, Charles. It's my pleasure. Um, So for our
0: listeners joining in who might be a little unfamiliar about OneIMS and what you guys do, why don't you give us the quick rundown?
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. So OneIMS, it stands for Integrated Marketing Solutions, and we've been around for about 15 years um, basically, serving the small and medium sized sector, helping them with lead generation and customer acquisition.
0: So, for someone who might not know what those technical terms mean, correct. Break it down. What does that mean?
1: Yeah, so if someone is basically every business has two factors, right? They're really trying to grow revenue, cut costs, mitigate risks, um, and we come to that first part. How do you grow revenue? You grow revenue by marketing your business. How do you do that? Well, you need leads and you want to be able to take those leads and convert to customers. Yep. So that's what I'm saying. Lead generation and customer acquisition so that can help them grow their revenue.
0: Awesome. Well, our topic for today is essentially how to get found on Google and more specifically by using SEO or search engine optimization. Um, I know for some people listening in that might be a scary term that they don't really understand especially for a lot of our smaller businesses where you know you have one person primarily who's kind of in charge of a lot of things, sure. and they might not be et- uh, digital marketing experts or sure. know a lot about um, search engine optimization or SEO. So give us a little bit of a rundown, an overview, if you will, briefly. Give you a history. On, no, I'm yeah, kidding. <laughs> on on you know, how that kind of affects businesses and, and how it's kind of evolved over the last couple of years. Yeah, and I
1: think it's, a, it's basically we're all immune to searching for something, right? Anytime you need to find something, what do we do? We go to Google. Back in the day, we used to type it in. Today, it might be just us asking Google, hey, Google, where's the nearest Italian restaurant? So what's happening is Google is indexing everything on the internet, whether it's people, person, whatever it might be, the restaurants, the the event that you might have. And it's capturing all that information so it can give you the best result, the most relevant result for its user. So search engine optimization simply means that you're putting in the right information so that basically whenever they search for that particular thing, maybe it's the best Italian restaurant in Southwest Florida, Google knows this is it, right? If you mm-hmm. don't tell Google what it is, how can Google show it to its users? And then they
0: can find you. Correct, Hopefully.
1: exactly. So what we want to be able to do is help business owners, help marketers, help entrepreneurs, make sure that their website is indexed properly, their information is proper, and they're actually creating something that Google would value, that it would think it's the most relevant result for any search queries. Yeah,
0: and I'm glad you brought up Google um, because, it's it's become a verb yes, right synonymous
1: with looking for something yes so
0: when we talk about searching and we talk about how do i find out information obviously google has become correct not like, recently for a long time it's become the place to search for answers mm-hmm. and so when we talk about seo you know it, it, we're primarily talking about how can people find you on google which is perfect because that's today's topic and so Really what we want to do um, is kind of let everyone, give everyone um, little um, bits of information that they can use to um, hopefully increase their chances, if done properly, if done correctly, um, of coming up on that first, if they can first, sure. or maybe second or third page, depending on you know the market saturation well, and all I, that stuff. I
1: got a joke for you, where do you hide a dead body? on the second and third page that's of right so obviously you right. Know, dude, we don't want to talk about so the second page If first you're not page on on the first the page, page you're probably not gonna get found right so most of the time business owners need to work really hard so that their website is purely as optimized as they possibly can I know you're gonna give some tips today we're gonna to talk about it but that is the goal here and if it isn't it isn't and just another thing is on mobile device it is a different search result than it is on a desktop yeah. So you have to think about what do I look like on a mobile search versus a desktop search. Yeah.
0: And then especially the new thing I know now is, and we'll get into this, I know yep. the new thing now is, uh, uh, I think you touched on it briefly, but, you know, typing it in versus voice. Voice search. Uh, think about all the, I don't know what it's called now, but like the Alexas and Correct. the Google cool. Homes, whatever it is, Amazon's Siri. got
1: one, Siri. Everybody's got one, and yeah. they actually combine, so they're all going to work together in creating a synonymous, like, experience for users because everybody's trying to create their own library of our audio and what the queries are by combining it, I think it's gonna be so powerful so no matter where you're gonna go ask you're gonna get the same search yeah. results you're gonna get quality right yeah so believe it or not that's just as important what it used to be typing on Google three years ago five years ago awesome
0: Well, so for the people that are listening in, they might be realizing, okay, well, how can I actually implement some of the tips that we're going to talk about? Sure. You know, it really breaks down to two things. One, if you manage your own site. So Mm -hmm. if you've got a WordPress site, you've got a Wix uh, site, Squarespace site, uh, Shopify, I believe Evan was the other one. Yep. Um, Or, you know, what happens most of the time in small businesses is they usually have someone else who's going to be managing their website. So either you're able to go in and make these changes yourself or you're also gonna be able to you know, collect all this information and then pass it along to the individual um, who hopefully is managing your website. Hopefully he's already doing some of these or most of these um, or can start to do some of these or most of these. Um, so keep that in mind as well. Um, so we're gonna talk about you know the 10 quick tips to get found on Google. Awesome. Um, we're just gonna break it down and you know we're gonna to try to do our best to go through um, keep in mind, there's obviously a lot more than ten things that you can do to get found on Google. Um, we just kind of picked ten that we thought are a great starting point and that we think for the time investment will allow the most um,
1: value for value them. for the time absolutely. that you spend
0: in that. yeah, absolutely. so sure. the fir- and and you know, I guess Evan, if this is where you want to jump in, um, we'll start from the top. So the first one that um, surprisingly, I don't think, enough people do is publish quality content Um, so break that down what what does that really mean
2: yeah Um, so Google's whole job is to you know let the user and essentially want the user to find what they're looking for as quickly as possible but that's also relevant um, you know quality so when we're writing content you know what are the users problems Um, you know what are they looking for what are their needs and how can we order our content in a way to where it flows Maybe about an introduction. Oh, here's your problem. How can we fix that problem? And then what does my business have to offer? You know, we kind of want to build our content to the sale, but because we're fitting their needs before the sale, they don't feel used, right? They feel that value that we yeah. were talking about. Um, so I think that's really important. Um, you know, having the credibility, right? And you're building their your trust as they go down the page as well, which mm-hmm. you know can your, increase your chance of conversion because. They were actually informed of what was going on, and they learned something. Yeah. So I think you know, publishing quality content through blogs is a great place for long tail keywords. Um, you know, more than fifty percent of all keywords that are searched on Google contain more than three words. Um, so, so people it, are searching for really specific questions. Correct. Right. Yeah. So if I have a problem with my car, you know, I'm going to you know Google the exact problem. Yeah. And then I can hey find a guide on Google, a YouTube video that might be able to help me. But essentially, I'm looking for quality content that can help me fix the problem as quickly as possible and inform me as well.
0: Yeah, and you know, I'm glad you talked about credibility. Um, I actually have some data from Semrush that says, um, for content length, um, they actually recommend longer articles. So, art- articles that have an average of 900 to 1,200 words receive three times the amount of traffic than shorter articles. So. I guess the, the, the big takeaway here is when you're going to create content, whatever it is, whether it's a guide, whether it's a video, whether it's a blog post, um, you know, you want to think of, you know, that saying that's less is more. Well, really what this is saying is, you know, a little bit more than that is actually better because it's allowing our users to get a little bit more information, a little bit more detailed information, um, and they're, they're coming back to it.
2: Well, and think about it from a technical perspective as well, right? So if we have a shorter article okay, great, they might have found something helpful on our site, but they also bounced and clicked the listing under us because they wanted more information, Yeah. which then sends Google bad signals about our website. Sure, they visit our page once, but that's still considered a bounce even if they sat on it for five minutes. So really what we're trying to do here is keep them on our site, make us the one-stop shop for that content, so maybe that can increase our pages per session, or if they do bounce, they're not clicking a listing under us mm-hmm. because then Google won't value that listing under us as much as they would if yeah. they bounced and clicked it. So I guess the takeaway here is think about the challenges that your target
0: audience is facing. Mm -hmm. Put yourself in their shoes. Think about the way that you search for a question and how do you phrase the content that you're putting out to answer those questions ultimately. I guess is the easiest way to summarize it. Yeah,
1: I mean, if, first of all, if you don't have the content, you don't even have a chance of showing up. Yeah. So I think maybe taking so a everyone, step back. Everyone needs to start a
0: blog today. <laughs> right? right,
1: taking a step back and say, hey, what are some common questions that my prospects could be asking no matter what business you're in? Mm-hmm. Like we just talked about 10 beaches in Southwest yeah. Florida, right? The, the 10 everything, those, those are questions that people have. What are the 10 beaches so I can go visit Southwest Florida and go to these places? Yeah. They're looking for your, your specific feedback. And so for me, you want to make sure that that's the key here. I mean, you, we talked about authority. It's not just authority for the person that's reading it. It's also authority in the eyes of Google, too. Yeah. When you start publishing that type of content, then you can easily get authority on Google, which means that you're naturally going to be higher up on search results. Mm-hmm.
2: And uh, actually, pages that do have longer content um, and actually that are more guides and helpful um, educational pieces tend to also get linked to more as well, um, which we'll talk about later. But other sites, you know, view sites with longer content, you know, better too. So it's a win-win all around. Awesome.
0: So hopefully they've got content or they're (laughs) going to start to create content. Correct. Um, How often should they update that content? Because we all know you can find stuff on Google from years ago, but in today's world, after a day, it's irrelevant, right?
1: So back to that same idea of having a long form content that you mentioned, what I would recommend is that you have the same topic, whatever that topic is, you have one piece of content on your website that goes from top to bottom. So you're not writing about top 10 beaches in 10 different pages, in ten different posts. You really only cover it one page, right? Mm-hmm. So that essentially, like I have said, you're going to get the authority, you're going to get links from other people because it's the best piece of advice that's out there. Um, so if you're done with that, you don't have to go back and update that tomorrow. I would rather you work on a new piece where it's extremely highly you know, you know, know, detailed and another piece. But when one of the beaches go out and you want to replace one, you go back to that first post and update it. Right. So many times the businesses or marketers, anyone you want to call it, make the mistake of writing the same thing over and over, thinking that that's the way to get Google to kind of see that, okay, we're the best result for it. What indeed you're doing is you're sort of confusing Google because Google doesn't know which one it is. Right. When you look at your menu, let's just say that you and I were a Chinese restaurant. If you had like 10 different like chicken, right, exactly, <laughs> but they're, they're all the exact same thing, you'd be like, which one should I buy? They're all looking the same. The only thing is different is one of them has a little bit of extra one thing and not the other, mm-hmm. right? Or Mongolian beef, you have like 10 of them. Like you would not want to go to that restaurant because there's 10 of the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's what Google does not want to see and a lot of time business owners have that. So if we look at sort of the underlying metadata of the site many many times the same keywords are repeated over and over and over that's when you need to kind of consolidate it and that's you're technically up, updating the website but you're consolidating it so Google knows simply what this page is about and all of it kind of gets together and then you now have to create a different page for a different topic but you're not gonna have the same topic right. in 10 different places.
0: So then I guess the big thing here is you're gonna try to repurpose it without creating another one. Correct. Just update that same one. So if you write an article about something and it has top 10 beaches, for example, sure. you know, don't create another one when new beaches come out. Update Correct. That, that older one and make exactly. it more relevant.
1: And by doing that, you're also changing the last updated edition, right? They'll be saying it's 2020, February, whatever. And that means that Google knows it's also recency and Google loves recency yeah. and frequency, like the frequent, the most frequent you post and also how, when was the last time you mm-hmm. updated it, right? So that actually gives signal. Secondly, the person who's reading it can also see the last time this was updated. So they're like, ah, oh, this is a pretty recent fo- you know? post, yeah. so maybe I have to go check that out. Maybe these beaches are still relevant for me and they're not gonna go back and click on the next one from whatever website that might be, right? So think about it another thing that uh, people ought to think when it comes to content creation is put the content in the form of a question because that's what we're doing because right. Google's recently changed all the, the the search results pages they're all question after question and just by you doing one search you now get all the possible questions that has created right think about it so if you're writing you know what I mean content and if you have no idea what to write or how to create the content for me think about what your customers are asking when they're kind of figuring out what your you know, solution might be. Mm-hmm. So makes it easier, in fact, just give a really detailed answer to every possible question that you have as long as they're sort of contained, right? They're not the same question. In fact, as you're creating content, if you, a new question pops up in the 10 beaches, well, you can also add the new question to the bottom of it. Right. It goes in line with what you're saying about when are you updating and what are you updating, and also it's adding value to the page. All of this stuff gets refreshed.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Evan, I know you had talked about this a little bit uh, briefly, but... Evan's favorite topic. Right. So, <laughs> what what's become aware to me, which you know is really helpful, and we, we touched on it, is take the content that you've created, you've updated it, you've kept it current, how do we add some more authoritative data or some more um, supporting evidence to our article? Yeah.
2: So let's take your your beach article example, right? So we have the top 10 beaches in Southwest Florida, Um, you know, and and let's just say for an example, somewhere on that list is Vanderbilt Beach, right? Um, And we're talking about Vanderbilt Beach and and what is there to do at Vanderbilt Beach? What does Vanderbilt Beach have to offer? And then maybe we could link to, you know, the Vanderbilt Beach website or maybe the Ritz-Carlton website because we have, you know, a section about things to do at Vanderbilt Beach, right? So linking to other sites, you know, in in the area um, that are related to our content, uh, I think could be really helpful, Um, you know, because we're, you know, linking to other sites. They might link back to us. Um, And then also, you know, more than 55% of all pages on the internet actually do not have a backlink, right? They're not linking to another page, um, which I think is very interesting, um, especially for a small business or a, a local SEO campaign. You know, you have a lot more of an advantage if you're doing the latest, you know, digital marketing tactics. Um so I think it's really important to make sure you're linking to other pages and websites that are relevant and also linking to pages on your own website that are relevant too.
0: Yeah. So in your in both your guys' eyes or mind how do we know if it's an authoritative website? How do we know we should, you know, find some evidence or find some articles and link it back to our site? What's the easiest way to do that?
1: Great question. So One of the things that I tell my customers, especially smaller ones, you know, where's a great place to get a link? Make sure you have all of your Google My Business, your Yelp, and all of those places. There's about 70 of them. Mm -hmm. Just like, you know, City Search, you name it, local.com, Yahoo, local. There's so many of them at this point that you should be able to get your, your local listings figured out. Every single one of them count as a backlink to your site. So is Google My Business authoritative? Hell yeah, it's, it's Google, right? Like yeah. it, it has to be. Yeah. And also Yelp, it's an authoritative site. Now, let me give you another example of what I usually tell my customers is that they belong to membership and in, in chambers like yourself. And a link from the Chamber of Commerce, your local Chamber of Commerce, is just as authoritative as anything else. In fact, it also tells them that this other website is also local in nature, so it must be a quali- It's a quality link. Yeah. So, if, for instance, if you're a home builder, let's just say you're a home builder or a remodeler in Southwest Florida, and you had links from other, you know, any sort of home builder association and the remodeler association and a chamber of commerce and all of these different local links, you've just now become a, more of an authority site than if you didn't have it. First of all, a lot of them are members, yet they never think about getting a link from the site. It's as simple as that. Now you can go ahead and maybe sponsor something at FGCU, and if you get a link back saying, hey, we're doing a scholarship, hypothetically, and that scholarship page is coming from a .edu website, mm-hmm. it's a huge win for that without even knowing you're doing backlinking or because whatever. Because Google associates that. Exactly. Credibility. Yeah. So it's it's not your aunt's recipe website that you're worried about. You're <laughs> thinking about the most... Related yet relevant mm-hmm. site in your industry. And you don't have to put it through any filter to see any technical information about the site or when it was launched or anything of that nature. If I think it's credible, like just looking at it, like yeah. a quick smell test, right? Like it probably is. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's, that's a quality site. And if you can find similar to, you know, the, like the Chamber of Commerce or any of those business directories, perhaps, that would be a great place to get a good link from. It doesn't need to have anything else other than your website address.
0: excellent um
1: and sometimes people complicate this need to be more than they need to right and most of the time like i said it is a full-time job don't get me wrong because you're now getting links you're writing content you're doing all this stuff Baby baby steps right but eventually once you get the understanding of how it's supposed to work you appreciate what somebody else might be doing for you whether it's your internal employee a consultant you hire an agency whatever it might be you know you need to go out there and try to get links and how do you do that it could be the local press yeah could be in naples news it could be a link or an article on there they might put a link saying grand opening of such and such great amazing link right so if you continue to do the same things that you would do in a traditional marketing environment but more on a digital side it works the same exact way now there's another other piece and another signal that's telling google this site is indeed quality right mm-hmm. it's quality content so there's, yeah. therefore they should be able to do that awesome
0: um so you've got your content we've updated it You have <laughs> some authoritative links on there yeah um i know one of the things personally that i know that google really pays attention to are uh, titles short, sure. headings and i know evan's favorite keywords
1: yeah i mean uh and evan feel free to jump in so many many times um Having all of these things is it's great, but I just want them to mentally understand there's two pieces. There's the on-site, everything that the site has for Google Crawler to see, and there's the off-site, things that aren't under your control, right? Like the link from another site. Mm-hmm. It's their site, they're promoting your site. So on-site has several factors, which is, again, which is the easiest part because you can control it. And one of my sayings is control the controllable. Right. right, You can never guarantee that your association is going to give you a link. You can never guarantee that right. somebody else might write you an article and, uh, on, on a nice trade journal. But you can know that your on-site can be 10 out of 10 because you, you own the website, you got the domain name, you, it's your web developer or you're doing it yourself or somebody's doing it for you. You can fix it. You can write content. You, you can control a lot of the variables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the title tags and meta descriptions and even the keywords that you're going to be putting it in they're all things that you can research and put the right one in there. What sort of like, you know, where you see a business owner might go wrong and the title tag is really telling Google what is the title of this page. So let's go back in 10 years ago or whenever we were in college or, you know, for some of us maybe it's 20, <laughs> right? So think about, you know, when you submitted your paper for one of your classes, you needed to give a title, otherwise your professor would never read the paper be like, what is this paper about? Right you would never that was the first thing you did then you would write well if I'm gonna write this paper about this topic well I better have a pretty good introduction and a pretty good conclusion right and a couple of points in the middle and and that title had to be tweaked until you knew exactly what that was or the paper had to be tweaked to make sure the title made sense that's exactly what you're seeing on a page on Google every single page has a title there's a headline that the person might see and a title for the search engine or on the search results you're seeing the title Mm -hmm. And that needs to be tweaked so like I said, so you don't have 10 pages with the same topic or titles that says home or about or contact. Well, you're not trying to optimize for home or about or contact, you're trying to optimize for home builders in Southwest Florida. So you need to say that custom home builders in Southwest Florida. So these are small tweaks that you can do to make sure that you get a 10 out of 10 on your on-site. And the problem is, It's a little technical, like you gotta get into your HTML, you gotta get into your WordPress or whatever it is and go figure out where the title tag is and construct a quality title tag within certain text, you know, character limits. And you need to make sure it it reads well, right? So somebody would actually wanna click on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the time that it takes, but it's certainly feasible. Maybe like I said, if you're not technical, I get that, but if you really wanted to improve your search optimization, I would say pay attention to what the title is. And does it back up what the content is on that page? Mm-hmm.
0: Now, Evan, for people who want to do just that, mm-hmm. are there certain ways that they can find to help them find the right title tags? Or, you know, we talked about beaches and home builders. How do we know, mm-hmm. should I put, you know, home builder association versus, you know, just home builder?
2: Yeah. Um, so, you know, there are plenty of tools out there that can help you do keyword research based on um, previous search data from, you know, millions of people, hundreds of millions of people, billions of people. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, we need to look for keywords that are not only quality keywords on what we are offering, but what is the user's intent with this keyword? And when a user types food near me in, what exactly are they looking for, right? They're looking food near them, probably within a two to three mile radius, they're hungry right now, and they're ready to make a purchase. So when we're optimizing for our business, we need to do these keyword researches, but then look at the intent of the keyword. So if I put this keyword in my title tag, what exactly is the user looking for? And is that a conversion keyword? Or is that more of an educational kind of informative keyword? Um, Research. But I do want to take a step back, and for those you know, business owners listening, you know, what exactly is the title tag? Um, you know When you Google something, right? the title tag would be the, the blue text, that you see inside of the search engine results page that you would then click to go to the website. Um, just for those listening, so we could just clarify that.
1: Yeah, and also a great place to find a great title tag is the search results. Yeah. Search that keyword and say, see what see comes what up. up. Yeah. And you're no know, you're gonna have to beat that. That's your competition right there. And I would make it better and better. And by the way, you never give up until you nail that perfect title yeah. tag that's starting to actually move the right direction, right? So Many times a small tweak can do a lot, but that's not search engine optimization. The word optimization means you're never done. Constantly, constantly. Exactly. And you updated. can't really do a one-time SEO. Especially many people think that you could do a one-time thing. My guy did a one-time SEO, I paid 1000, maybe 10000, doesn't matter. Right. It could be any amount. Well,
0: especially with Google changing their Correct. magic formula that everyone's searching for every so, day. So
1: so if you did that once, and what about all the new people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if there's another article that's the 100 beaches in Santos Florida, not the 10? Right. So it's like you're constantly competing with more and more sites. It's the same attention you're going after. So at the end of the day, you have to keep tweaking your title tag, your description, your headline, and your content, right? Mm-hmm. And the experience. Like one of the things that I don't know if we're gonna get to is yeah, it is actually the next one. It's mobile. How is my site on a mobile device? And yeah. You know, I'm from Chicago and I came down here and I was like, man, this is mobile friendly thing was not a thing like nobody had a mobile friendly site. And I was just like, so like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like, where do we begin? And I think seriously, it's just education that there are more searches being done on a mobile device than there is on a desktop. And all of us do it, but we don't think that we think our customers go on a desktop when they search, but we go on a mobile to search. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, I mean, how
0: many times are you in your house and you exactly. just flip your phone out? You take ten seconds, you find an answer, you put it back in your pocket.
1: Exactly. So, and if you look at your Google Analytics, your traffic sources for your own site, you'll see that your mobile traffic is probably way more mm-hmm. than it is for your desktop. But we don't do a good enough job, you know, testing our site on a mobile device. In fact, I think the way that we've been thinking it, especially at One IMS, is mobile first. Yeah. It's always mobile first in design is mobile first development is mobile first we're not saying that desktop has no value or nobody checks it we just know that a lot of people would prefer to do it and we might as well get nailed that and then we'll go tablet and finally the desktop
0: yeah well correct me if I'm wrong but Google prioritizes mobile searching above
2: desktop. of course because because Google prioritizes the user um, You know, over 58% of all Google searches are on a mobile device, according to uh, Hitwise, which would make sense why they're prioritizing the mobile experience because at the end of the day, like I said, their number one goal is to help the user find what they're looking for as quickly as possible.
1: Yeah, I think it was 2016 that mobile searches exceeded desktop searches. So So that's the reason. It took them years to make it mobile first, but guess what? There is a reason behind it is that Google's and it's not going to go on. away anytime soon. Google's dead on for the user. Yeah. That's all he cares about and it doesn't matter anything else if they can find a better article than the one you and I wrote, they're going to show that one. So it is a constant battle in making sure that we one up, right? Like mm-hmm. we have to do that. And so and by the way, you have to remember that there is no cost for you to get this, you know, amazing traffic from Google. Only work Think about it. Like, Google yeah. doesn't, you don't pay. Google can, you know, you can pay tons and tons of dollars to show up in the paid area. That's legit. You pay and you show up right away and, you know, we're all good. But organic isn't like that. So you actually have to earn it. Mm-hmm. And that's the work that goes in and not so much that you're paying your way out of it. Which, yeah. again, I think it's a great alternative for a lot of companies. Like, they. if you need traffic now, there's no way you're going to let organic do its thing. <laughs> right. Because it may be a while before you see search results and before you see changes, before you can get around to adding content and things like that.
0: So I know mobile definitely helps, but what about website speed? Because I know sometimes you go to certain sites, they load within half a second. Other sites, I sit there for five seconds, I get mad and I close it out.
1: Yeah, it's a a great... Great topic. First of all, Charles, you're like a web engineer. I try. For this, you know, <laughs> this, I really try. This is not your average, you know, so long story short, it does get technical, right? So you do, you're you technically a developer or a copywriter, you know what I mean? You're, you're really doing a lot in order to get your SEO right. Um, so speed has many factors, one of it, which is exactly what you just said. Google wants to make sure that people don't leave. So 2.9 seconds is the average time people would wait. That's it, Mm -hmm. 2.9 seconds. Now, the average site is like six and a half, seven, eight. Even if it's a crappy website, it still takes that long. So a bigger site with more pictures and more videos and more stuff takes even longer, right? So, and I think we should call it the two-second test. Can your website load in a two-second environment? Mm -hmm. And so many people can't. And there's a lot of factors that cause this to load slowly. It's not just that you have pictures. It could be who you host your website with. Sometimes the biggest of brands who put ads on Super Bowl to buy your domain name isn't the best site hosting company for you because they're they're not worried about your SEO. We won't say their name, don't worry. We will not, We right? know who it is, but we exactly. won't say their name. So the reason is you're buying the lowest cost hosting company and you're trying to rank on the first page of Google, which is completely opposite what you should do, right? So you want to really make sure It's the site, it's the code, it's the structure, like you mentioned, WordPress versus Shopify versus Wix. This is where it gets into more technical. And if they allow you to actually go in and speed up the site so that you can retain some of your users that came and they won't bounce off and leave, or you can control how fast things can load, then you got yourself a pretty good infrastructure. Yeah. But if you can't go in... looking at all that. Exactly. If you can't go in and really tweak it like you and I would tweak a car, like a muscle car, to go faster... If you can't tweak it then you still need to work on your infrastructure so that you can actually win in the long run mm-hmm. so right off the bat a lot of code update can make your site go faster until at some point it's no longer your site it's like your your hosting environment it's the company it's it's everything else that's mm-hmm. outside of your control you may need to even move your site just depends on how big your site is depends on right a lot of yeah. factors but you shouldn't stop because the user is ultimately mm-hmm. the 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 person who's gonna vote and if you can like if you you, me and you need to be worried about our users just as much as Google is then you'll win an SEO because obviously it would be everything about the user and let me tell you we are making buying decision while searching a quick keyword like he said whether you're hungry for lunch or you're trying to make a 1 million or two or three million dollar which home builder am I going to use to build my house and that decision is made in 2.9 seconds because the moment I bounce off, I'm probably not going to come back. By the way, the, the statistics shows they don't ever yeah, go back. First impression. It's it. So how much is that experience worth to your business? It doesn't matter. You're in the travel agency, or you're a small restaurant here in Southwest Florida, or you know it could be a financial advisor, a wealth manager managing millions and millions of dollars, right? Like how much is a customer worth to you? So that lifetime value means a lot in your equation.
2: And I think another great point is. You know, bullet point seven, website speed goes directly with number six, which is the mobile experience, um, right? Because when we look at speed and mobile, right, as we said, more than 58% of all Google searches are on a mobile device, but everyone's mobile device has a different speed. So am I on 1X because I have no service? Do I have 3G? Am I on 4G LTE? And yep. now, hey, we have to test our website on 10 different devices. And is it optimal for every user that might be able to reach us? I mean, and to Solomon's point, if they can't reach us, you know, I may have just lost a yeah, contact form submission. first everything. Exactly. I might have lost a contact yeah. form submission. If I'm e-commerce, I might have just lost an add-to-cart conversion. So that's why these things are so important. And I think website speed, to be honest, is, is one of the most important things because if we have a slow website but it's beautiful, it doesn't matter. Right. Right.
1: We could be the biggest builder. Yeah.
0: <laughs> one thing I did want to talk about is YouTube. Now of it surprises me because I, I, you know, I tell people this. I say, Google owns YouTube. That's right. And they're like, "What? I didn't know that." Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that if the number one search engine in the world is Google and they own a video sharing platform, right? You better believe you need to be on that video sharing platform. How many times do you search something on Google? Right. What's the first thing that comes up right under the search bar? It's a right. video.
1: Correct. So, so it will always. Show what it, you know what I mean? Google owns Google Maps. So it'll show directions, movies, whatever it has, you'll try to do it. If it's a flight search, they'll show Google Flights. If you're looking for a job, they'll show Google Jobs. Google eventually is going to take over. Everything. Right? Well, I joked. I think when I first met
0: you, I joked. I said, give it about 10 years. Exactly. There won't be any websites. Google will have indexed everything, and it'll just be Google. That'll be the internet.
1: I don't know if, I don't want to get that technical, but every single website that is on Google, like in the search results, Google has a copy of it. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's in Google's own cache. So if you can't find your own server, like if your site goes down, there's a copy of it that Google can serve if it wanted to. And with all this caching, they're actually showing the answers to our questions without ever going out of Google to your site. So indirectly, Google's already doing that. It caches your content, it displays it right there on the search result, Mm -hmm. so you don't even have to click out. So all the question answer stuff I talked about earlier, you're never visiting any of those sites. It's just that you have an opportunity to show up in the in the answer section. That's the reason you're doing SEO. Not even necessarily to get a visit to your site. Think about that. There's something you know we t- we have it in our podcast. We call it position zero. Position zero is when you ask a question to Google. Google gives you the answer, but it'll right never right. let you click. Even yeah. yeah. You ask like, why do I need to take vitamin C? It'll tell you here's why you need to take it, but. Google knows exactly why, it'll yeah. just give you the answer and that person who wrote it may not ever get a visit. So technically it's going that direction, imagine you're searching for a washing machine and Google shows you 12 of them in Google Shopping, you click Add to Cart, you're able to check out on Google, which Google has that by the way, you never even went to Best Buy, you never went to any of those sites. Yeah, it's scary. It is. So, and I, I could see that more and more, it's all because of us, we're inherently lazy people, we just don't want to take the time to go all these different places, and Google's making it easy. Therefore, we become more and more loyal to Google, and we trust Google. By the way, we trust Google more than we trust anything else. You read something on Google, and all of a sudden, you think it's real. Ah, there you go. It must be true. <laughs> right? it's on Google. Everybody's smart. Yes. Yeah. I Googled it. So, But being able to buy things and making it that easy, you're just inherently going to do that. Google already has your credit card on file. It's
0: scary, but it's true. <laughs> Um, so one of the things I want to—I'll jump back sure. talking about YouTube—is the reason I brought it up is because I think it's a great way for people who have content, yes. whether it's a blog or an article or a list or guide or a book, to have another another platform for them to repurpose that content, yep. right? And that's why I brought YouTube up. I know everyone listening—you know—they're listening to podcasts, they're listening to the audio file, and I know I can guarantee it—they also love to listen to video. Right. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you rather watch a one minute video yep. than read a you know, fifteen minute article? If, if absolutely. covered? Absolutely. So being able to repurpose that content through YouTube, through a podcast, through a blog if you haven't already created a blog. Sure. Um, you know, I think are other great tips to add um onto that. I don't know if you guys have
1: anything to add about repurposing content or yeah. YouTube in general. So I think, you know, eventually there's a couple of different ways that you can create content, and that's the name of the game. You're really a content marketer, creating content, yep. trying to optimize the content so you can actually promote the content, and you get found, right? That's, everything, reali- everything starts with content. Everything ends with content. Good quality content. Content is, like, is the variable. Content is king. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. So <laughs> eventually, you're going to run out of just text content. You're going to have to say, look, what do I do? What about the people that are on podcasts? How do I get them? So you repurpose that and create a podcast, which is easier than ever. You can probably give them how to do that, (laughs) which is easier than ever, right? Like you just need to contact Charles. So secondly, beyond that, you can take the same content and take the list, our original article, ten beaches in Southwest Florida. Could be a video, because a lot of people want to know where it is, how do I get there, what it looks like, maybe some pictures, your own narrative, and why you know what you believe this is the top ten beaches. So that now covers the video part. So And maybe it's a guide, like you said, all of them on a PDF or a JPEG, mm-hmm. an infographic, whatever it might be. It could be 10 different posts on Instagram. And then you tag it, t- top 10 pages or SWFL, and that content will get found. But originally, I think I said that, if you didn't have the content, you don't have a chance. Right. So it really comes down to what do I want to show up for? What are the top things my prospects, my potential customers are looking for? And how do I get their attention? How do I let them know I exist? right how do I make sure that I get a, a fair share of that that market like if I don't do anything I have no chance right. at it and Google's now my exactly so getting your website right is probably the best thing you could do because one of the things you're doing is you're investing back into your own business right yeah you own your website you own your domain name you own the content you own everything that's on it you whenever you're doing search engine optimization or anything of that sort you're creating more value for your business so if it generates let's say ninety percent of every lead that you close when you sell that business if if there's somebody trying to sell it, how much is that website worth? That's a huge equation to that. Where do you get your sales from? Our website. Yeah. Our website ranks for every keyword in our industry. In fact, several of my customers, they've exited their business because the website grew so fast they sold it to bigger companies and right? Like that was a dream. Yeah. Everybody's trying to grow their business and so that they can go pursue bigger things. Like you Maybe you want to exit, maybe not, right? Maybe you want to do, uh, maybe you want to acquire your competitor, but you need more money and capital, so you got to grow your business to do that. It all comes down to being able to grow your sales, your leads, customer acquisition, thus your revenue. And hopefully, exactly.
0: Hopefully, the tips that we've talked about today helps lets you do that. And I believe
1: that. that your website should be your best salesperson. And if it's not your best salesperson working for you twenty-four hours a day, you got room to grow. Yeah. Right, it's not going to stop serving pages. It's not going to stop getting submissions. It's not going to stop showing up on mobile displays. It's not going to sh- YouTube. Once you put out a content, you own that content. It's like soft asset. It's a mm-hmm. digital asset. Everything that you have is technically assets that's going to deliver ROI in the long run. Hopefully. Absolutely, we got to make it right. <laughs> like that is the goal. Like yeah. w- with the proper education, being able to execute the stuff that we just talked about. Like just like you optimize a page for Google, you can optimize a video for. YouTube. So search engine optimization doesn't stop at just your website. It doesn't just stop with YouTube. You could even optimize your LinkedIn so that you can get found when somebody looks for it. So anywhere you go you can optimize your podcast episodes so it can get found in search results. Right? So anywhere you go there's always an element of optimizing it for search.
0: Awesome. Well thank you so much Solomon. Thank you Evan. I appreciate you guys. Taking the time to sit down and go over this. I know some of this stuff is a little technical, but hopefully we kind of honed in on the specifics and how people who have no background skills or no idea how any of this works, hopefully we gave them a a good foundation to kind of build upon. Um, So um, thanks for that. And um, you know, if people have more questions, if they want to learn a little bit more, if they have anything that they've learned here that they want to kind of take to the next level, Um, You know, how can they do
1: that? Absolutely. So, I'll give you two resources. One is our website, so one dot com, o n e i m s. dot com. And secondly, we too have a podcast, which is basically a digital marketing boot camp, and that's called Growth Marketers. And subscribe to that, and I think we go through just nothing but more and more value content, like we just did today.
0: Is that on your website? Can
1: they find it on other? It's on Spotify. Yep, it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. uh, everywhere you can get your podcast from, and it's pretty straightforward. We just literally answer questions that people have, what to do, in different, you know, how do you generate leads, what should you do. We talk about every topic under the sun, and it's just been great because we've gotten a lot of great feedback. So just being able to educate, that's, I think that's the key here, is being able to educate. You're always gonna remember the guy who taught you how to do something, then, right, you eventually say, you know what, why don't you just do this for me? You obviously know what you're doing. That's what you wanna be in your industry.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Chamber Chat. Don't forget to tune in next Tuesday for a brand new episode. You can find us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Don't forget to subscribe.